I don't have a notification for this show. Why not? Let you Why would you not have that? <laughs> I almost set a notification for this show. And then it occurred to me that in the, uh, this is our 67th episode. This, wow. uh, t- Tuesday, May 15th. Is that platinum? Hmm? No, I think it's either Leather or String, mm. which is one of my favorite Stevie Nicks songs. Leather or String? With Don Henley? That was in her uh, BDSM period. Mm-hmm. Right. She had a... Uh, leather had and a, String. She had a uh, PVC shawl she liked to wear. <laughs> stand back, stand back. You know, she had a lot of problems with cocaine. I don't know if you're aware of that. I did her, not... Her nose, her nose literally fell off. They had to replace it with her thumb. I did not know that. They had to replace her thumb with her toe. And so for want of a nail, Stevie Nicks did not have any cocaine. S. Nicks. S. Nicks. Did you watch that Behind the Music? That's one of the top five Behind the Music um, rumors. Hmm. I think the best off the top of my head, and sometimes I confuse classic albums making up with Behind the Music, and I apologize to both franchises for that. Um, I would have to say Fleetwood Mac's Rumors is excellent. Um, the making, uh, or not the making, uh, Behind the Music Wait, you know what? I think I'm doing it again. Oh my God, Dan, we should start over. Go ahead. I slept, I slept four hours last night. Sorry, first time Nicker. Sorry. <laughs> what does that mean? Stevie Nicks? Sorry. Nicker. That, that's unpleasant. I don't like the sound of that at all. Um, that's what they call her fans or, or, or Stevenettes. The one about the, the making of rumors is really good. Also, the behind the music on uh, it's either Motley Crue or Ozzy Osbourne. I forget which, but there's an anecdote about the tour bus stalled or something, and Ozzy Osbourne got out and snorted a line of ants. Because <laughs> that's just the kind of thing he used to do. Now that's after he was sober. So oh, <laughs> I, I see. That's <laughs> well, you go you go read any medical textbook. It'll tell you that that ants are the are the methadone of cocaine. So if you're just trying to get off, you go to the clinic to give you a bump. They call it a bump of ants. <laughs> and you go in, right? But oh. pretty soon, pretty soon, you do that too long and you start hilling. They call it cold hilling because you're always looking for <laughs> animals and snorting them. <laughs> also bats. <laughs> How yeah. you doing? You doing good? Oh, yeah. Everything's real good. I like that app. I was sitting there. I was sitting there. I'm, I, I, I slept for four hours. I don't know if I mentioned I have a pinched nerve. And I slept for four hours. And How is that nerve? <clears throat> you know, it's moved. The nerve, the nerve problem has, um, it's, gone, it's gone mobile. It's like a star tack. What does that mean? It's gone mobile. Is that like in aliens where they're in the in the ceiling? I don't know. Oh, oh that's a good movie. Um, they come out at night mostly. Hmm. Mostly. He doesn't do much. He's a platypus. <laughs> is that from aliens too? Yes. <clears throat> so I uh, was sitting sit there this morning and I hadn't slept much and I was looking at my information phone and, uh, and all of a sudden a notification pops up and it says, it says Money Boy is on and I click it and I, I was so excited. Yeah, congratulations on the app. Thank I you. Hope, I hope that, you know, like you guys mentioned, I hope you can finally buy, what is it, the, uh, the uh, MI6? What's the BMW you want? I, I think you're thinking of Marco. I don't actually want a BMW. I was listening to Build and Analyze on my phone because I got a notification. Uh-huh. And when you said that you had a subterranean garage, I literally laughed out loud. That's when I sent you, remember I sent you a text and I said, this is already awesome. Yes, you did. Thank you for that. It was good. I haven't listened to the rest because I had to go back to my phone. I, I, I just phone. went downhill from there. Slept, didn't sleep much, and I have a, a pinched mer- nerve that's moving. Merv. I read about this. I read about this on the, on the internet. And apparently, if you get a pinched nerve anywhere, like in your scapular or somewhere, and at first, you feel it like like a little pin, kind of a, a stabby raccoon, but it can then move, right? And so I... Uh, what I does was, that mean, it moves? Like, what, what moves? How does it move? Well, the source of the excruciating pain uh, stays the same, but the place where you feel the excruciating pain can move. So it started going down my arm. I thought I was having a heart attack. 
driving down the 280 uh, with my little girl uh, going to the mall. Don't be creepy. And uh, see that photo of the uh, of the pregnant lady I put up? See that photo? Where on? Oh, uh, yes. The photo of the young woman in blue <laughs> in a photo shoot in the mall or something. <laughs> That's a heck of a thing. Can I just mention, by the way, so this is a photograph I put up. <clears throat> so anyway, I put I this into the, into the show yeah. notes. Would I don't want to make fun of her, but is, it, it was presented as a sample. <laughs> what is this of- toilet that's on there now? <laughs> Uh, it's just Jeremy Jeez. from the, the cocktail put that up. Yeah, that's no good. That's anyway, awful. Anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, I was at the mall. So anyway, I thought I was having a heart attack, but it's just my pinched nerve. I don't know if I mentioned I haven't slept much. But uh, but yeah, there's so so we're walking around the mall. We go to the hop and play. Don't be creepy. And then we, uh, we, uh, we're walking. You know, they got all those kiosks. And it's early Sunday morning because that's when we like to go to the mall because there's no people there. And uh, we walk by and there's a giant portrait. And I don't want to make fun of this lady. I'm sure she's really nice. She's probably already had a baby. She's probably really busy and not sleeping much. Remember how that was? Kind of. She's, you know what? I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to say that it's, you know, sometimes ladies who are pregnant like to get a portrait done. You know, you think about the Demi Moore Vanity Fair thing, you know? So kind of like that, you go, hey, I want a picture of what I look like, you know, when I had this person in me, right? Yeah. And it's just a combination of her of her kind of multicolored hair and her expression and her French manicure. Yeah. And and then the fact the big that ring, the big ring. She's got a very large ring. Now a lot of ladies, you know, when they get engaged, they want people to see their ring. But then the the part that really I can't get out of my mind, even though I refuse to look at it again, <laughs> I will not look at it again. Is that, you know she didn't want to be nude, and so she wanted to cover her bosoms. <laughs> and. I'm not looking at it because I'll never look at it again. Is, <laughs> you describe that is is what like maybe organza or taffeta. It looks kind of it kind of looks like a, a prom dress as, yeah. as a, an ad hoc bra. It looks like a strip of the prom dress wrapped around her breasts. I just want to point out one thing, Dan. At least this particular place, this might be an auxiliary kiosk for a freestanding store in the mall. I think that's entirely possible. I want to just bracket that, but it is a kiosk. So I have a question for you. I know so you're not I'm looking saying, at if you, she, at some point she went from being naked to putting on taffeta. And I'm just really wondering if she did that at the kiosk at the mall, did she go in the bathroom to put on the taffeta? Did she wear, did she wear a robe to come out and be photographed? Cause at some point she had to be in the mall and put taffeta on her, on her bosom. <laughs> from the look of the backdrop that's behind her, it doesn't look like a permanent backdrop would look oh, it looks how they pulled down like a movie screen like at a sears yeah it looks something that it looks like you can still see the creases from where it might normally be folded and that kind of thing but here's the question <laughs> i know it's in the trunk of somebody's car she got a photo taken. yeah yeah here's the question yeah. that i have is that right ben, yeah i know you're not looking at the photo but or right beneath it. her yeah you can see what looks like another set of framed photographs and the yeah. photo that is beneath the the main photo that you could see behind there is a, a picture of a woman sort of, you know, the gesture that in olden times, a man who saw a woman approaching, he wouldn't necessarily remove his hat, but he would sort of nod his head and pinch, oh, as if, as pinch if the say, brim of the hat. Greetings, madam. Yes. Oh, good day, madam. You know, and, and so there is a woman doing this with a hat, pinching the brim of her hat beneath. And I'm wondering if it's the same woman. Kind of like, kind of like when when Luke jumps off the uh, diving board. Uh, yeah. the <laughs> so that was more of a salute. Okay. To R two. What, but... what about in Captain America when Cap looks up? Is that Bucky? It's not Bucky, right? But when the guy shoots, when he shoots the guy, is this a movie? Up... I haven't seen it. Oh man, it's it's. I saw. It, I watched. I haven't it seen a, I... a new movie in in decades. It's getting better though, right? I... You're getting closer to movie time, right? I don't know. Okay, it's good. The Captain America movie's good. 
you know, I, I was screening as, I've been pre-screening movies for my daughter because I think that's just smart because she's four and it's just too violent. It's good though. You know, that guy, uh, the, 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 the clone agent guy, uh, uh, from the matrix, the good matrix movie, he plays, uh, is it red skull? Is that his name? There red is, skull? there is a villain called red skull and he's not a scroll at all, right? Nothing to do with the scrolls. Well, not, technically we don't know because you never so, know who a scroll, who is the uh, scroll. So, Okay. And what are there, is there somebody called the Watchers? What are they? I think you're thinking about the Watchmen. Okay, all right. So who watches the X Men? <laughs> oh, there there is a race of Watchers in Watcher. Marvel Comics. Okay, uh, Utah, Utah, Uatu. I'm not sure I even say the, the dude's name. I think name. you're thinking of Provo. Uatu, I think okay. is how you say it. Who is uh, a Watcher? Okay. First appearance, I think, was in uh, Fantastic Four number forty. A seven eight eight. I'll go with eight. Okay, but maybe not. Okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know what? I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to this show. I think I now own three copies in different formats of at least Giant Size X Men number one. Actually, it's Fantastic Four number thirteen. How close were you? That's pretty close. I was way off. Actually, okay. That's pretty close. He was on the cover was in the of forty eight. Yeah, this is sixty three when he first. Close made enough it. for government work, you know. And uh, and so I think I own uh, you know starting with what so Giant Size X Men has starts at what the like well it starts with Giant Size X Men one right but what are you also, what are we talking about though oh I'm sorry is this what people tune in the, for do you think I, you know I think hmm, I'm kind of of two minds because I didn't sleep very much on my pinched nerve but um, boy did you read that article about Stanley on Grantland did you read that Stanley Stanley, Stanley, oh, yeah. you know, uh, the, the guy that the lake is named after. They used to be with the fat man. Remember they try and walk through with the boards and hit each other? Yes. Got the Hitler mustache. Remember him? I heard he was nice in real life. Also, Chico Marx uh, was a gambler. I don't know if you know that, but Harpo was very nice. You ever heard Harpo, Harpo speak? There's a book called Harpo Speaks. That's his autobiography. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're still trying to figure out, you know, can I just, can I ask you to just diary one thing, please? Yes. And I brought this up last week and I think I frustrated you a little bit, but <clears throat> I... I know there's a backlash right now against people like me for any variety of reasons. Yeah. Like, but you know, I'm kind of new at coming back to the comics. And so I have literally hundreds of questions for you that in this rapid fire style, I would like to address in after dark. Is that something we could do? Yeah, I'll do my best. Can we talk about why, why Wolverine's an Avenger now or Revenger as my daughter says? Yes. Okay. Did you see the, see the, see the Thor pictures? Oh yes. Somebody please end the pain. That, that stuff. I uh, oh no that was Kitty Pride okay no 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 I sent you I sent you a uh, text message on the internet for, oh yeah I saw that yeah she's all dressed up yeah she's all I got my like daughter I got my daughter the uh, fruity hat and a little hammer <laughs> and I mentioned like I mentioned we had the hammer talk I think if you're gonna get your kid Thor related materials or for that matter Captain America materials if you're gonna get the repulsor hands for for your Iron Man fan so it's called repulsor hands yeah I think that's where you can't feel your fingers oh. Boy, that's a really ping pong. You ever read the first Iron Man? That is super ping pong. He gets captured by what's uh, the equivalent of the Viet Cong. It's pronounced Vietnam. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't touch my mustache. The, uh, what was my point? What was I talking about? I don't know. Okay. Okay. When does the show start? Is this it? Uh, hey, good week. Big week. Huge oh, week. Oh, man, it's been such a huge week for you. You got your app out. You got the uh, app out. Shows. Shows. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I do this thing, I think, where I, um, what was that? There's a Hostetter's Law, right? Is that the guy who did uh, Gerda Lesher Bach? 
And he says something about, uh, and again, sorry, we'll look this up for notes, but something like that everything takes longer than you think, even if you account for Hofstetter's law. Now, that's funny because that's really double extra recursive because he wrote that book with the recursion and stuff, right? That's okay. MC Erasure. Okay. Is that the rapper? Who's the guy that has the people walking on the ceiling? That's MC Erasure. Erasure is that band with the guy. You're that, thinking of Lionel Richie. I think it's that guy from Bronski Beat, Jimmy Somerville. Jimmy Somerville. But uh, I do this. <clears throat> I do this. And, you know, so, so I'm sorry to keep talking about, you know, things, but uh, it's like, you know, these things, we're doing these little projects that are taking my time. You know, on the one hand, I'm very, I'm super excited to be doing like, you know, music and stuff and writing for the newsletter and stuff like that. But I never estimate well on how long it takes to do anything. I mean, I like to think of myself as a former, um, <laughs> it's not like Baxter Black, former large animal veterinarian, as a, as a former large animal uh, project manager, Josh. I, uh, I like to think I'm good at estimating things, or put differently, I like to think that I'm good at knowing it's hard to estimate things. And yet, and yet, I get it wrong a lot. And then I don't sleep and eat. Do you do this? You don't do this. You sleep and eat. Well, you don't sleep at all, hardly, but you, you got to eat. And then uh, you don't overcommit because you, you've been through the ringer on this, right? I've been all, oh, I've been all through the ringer. Yeah. So we were talking about, especially, you know, when um, we had a little, you know, one of our man calls and mentioning that, especially when, you know, again, when you're starting out, you'll take anything, right? You'll take anything for any money, anytime, anywhere. Anyway, anytime. Like we are like Wolverine, you'll fight anybody. You take know whatever what you want. Has he really been alive for a hundred years? More. Okay, I'm pretty sure in one episode of The Revengers, there's a quick shot in one of the Cap episodes. I'm pretty sure there's a quick shot of Wolverine in World War II. Is that possible? Yes. Could we diary that, please? Yes. For, uh, after dark? Okay. Sure. I got a lot of Wolverine questions, and I got a lot of Jean Grey questions. Okay. Yeah. Do you think she'd ever like me? No. Is she... St- okay. Is she dead? Is she, I mean, she's been dead several times, right? Is she, is she dead now? Is she dead now? You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay. It happens all the time. And, and you know, like in the old job, uh, you know, with Dave, I would do it all the time because that, this, that, was, my, that was my spirit animal, well, overcommitting. Let me get that. So, <laughs> overcommitting was my spirit animal. Okay. Because I really wanted to like, you know, I felt like I'm, I'm so bad at estimating time and I liked being the hero who stays up all night to do something, right? And, you know, when I was 25, that was easy. You could do that. For a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, I, I liked staying up late. I didn't, I was already working on my own, so I didn't like, you know, well, actually, I'm sorry. I take it back. At that point, I did still have a job. But even then, who cares? You just show up and phone it in. But it's, um, it's something I really try to work on. Remember that one episode we were talking about? <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one episode where we were talking, I was mentioning how like, I feel like there's this one big pie of time and no matter what I do, you know, given that that pie is finite, I always feel like I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like anything I do is coming out of stuff that could theoretically take all my time and still not be perfect. You know what I mean? And now, um, now I, I really feel that, especially with sleep and eating. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So like I could, like when I was 25, I could stay up all night. I could drink a 12 pack of beer. I could make a website for $25. Who cares? Tomorrow I'll just start over. Yeah. Now today I feel like there's really like consequences if I don't sleep and eat enough. For example, you have shows like this. And you heard me eat two eggs, so you know that I'm I'm on the up and up now. Yeah, but um, is that just an aging thing? Do Do you notice that you over, you, you know I, I try not to overcommit, but when I do, and then I feel like I have to burn the midnight oil, I I don't I don't I'll, sometimes I do good work, but a lot of times you don't then, look forward to it. It's taxing. Well, with the stuff I've been doing, like last night, like I said, I was working on that song for for the Squarespace, and so uh, I didn't want to be too loud in my office, so I just 
you know, I knew I had to do this one. Instead, I did five new background vocals because it was really fun. But it's two in the morning and I'm sitting in an office doing, you know what I mean? And now today, look, look at me. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, you think it's possible to get better at that and still do cool stuff? I mean, that's a stupid question. It's got to be possible. There are people who are just very efficient, right? I think there's the philosophy that in order to create something great, it, ha- it should be difficult or it has to be difficult or you have to put yourself through some kind of extreme physical torture to make it I th- work. I think, I think um, there's a word I use a lot for that, challenging. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I think... Starving artist. Well... Hmm. I guess I just feel, I, I feel like, you know, there's that old canard of, you know, we say on here of like making the time to be scared of more interesting things. Yeah. I think a, a slightly more optimistic way to put that is um, trying to find stuff that, that feels a little like a new challenge. Yeah. You know, by challenge, I don't mean, you know, again, we're back to the chick sent me high thing, but you know, if you're, if you're only doing stuff that's easy for you or you haven't done before, you don't feel challenged by, it's not going to be that fun. I mean, what if you had to do data entry for 18 hours mm. and stay up all night doing that? That's really different from me going, oh, I think I'm going to add two acoustic guitars to this. Like that would be <laughs> Right, yeah. It's totally different. And it is fine for Merlin. But it's, um, um, the thing is, like a lot of this stuff, it does have to be challenging to keep you interested and moving forward in the long run. But especially with, with the book in particular, I think about how like I ran on empty for so long and it didn't make a better book for Again, a variety of reasons. Yeah. But um, I think with some of this stuff, it really helps to realize uh, what... I don't know if this is an actual cliche, but I'm going to use it. Uh, it's a rally, not a race. If you, if you sprint every day trying to do something that's going to take a year, you are going to burn out. You can yeah. try to run every day, but you're sure not going to enjoy it. And if you don't rest and eat, it's going to be hard to keep running for all the way you need to go. You need to pace yourself, in other words, I guess. I didn't. I, I, didn't ever, I never used to do that pacing yourself never used to pace yourself there was no no. need to when you were young yeah i mean it really feels like you will always have like this unlimited supply of time and energy and enthusiasm and also you know at least then i didn't i i i cared about more abstract stuff back then so it was easy enough to change what i cared about like you know well uh i as much as i despise uh you know political banter yeah like I, I used to consider myself very interested in causes i could get real worked up and passionate about things but it was a you know it was a kind of abstract and ill-formed kind of passion whereas the, the passion for like i want to go home and play with the kid with the hammer feels a little more i've got my hands around that Do right. you know what i mean yeah no totally and, I, and it sounds like I'm trying to do that parent thing, but I don't, I don't really mean it that way. I think it's partly as you get older and you look down your nose at more stuff, which really is a gift. It's so nice to be able to look down your nose at stuff. But, well, you know, because I mean, I'm kind of being serious. I think there's something really liberating about not feeling like you have to care about everything. Because when you feel like you have to care about everything, um, you, you end up not caring about that much stuff. Because, and again, you start, you do start overcommitting. You do start inviting in too much stuff. And especially today where we're all expected to have an opinion about everything, I think it dilutes the stuff that you really do care about. And with the work stuff, that could mean that you take on 15 new projects without thinking about how long it'll take, without thinking about what, when they're all due, without thinking about um, basic risk management and mitigation for what could go wrong. Think about taking on five projects with five new clients, mm. for example. 
you, you got you got the scars to show for this. Well, this is the thing: is that when you're young, you come in with it with all that kind of energy. You come in not really sure what the heck you want to do, and maybe not just when you're young, mm-hmm. but you come into it when you're fresh. Let's use that word, and you're not sure what you want to do. You're not sure what direction you're going to go in. And I always felt the pressure to go in every direction. I always felt the pressure. I, I remember back when I was not five by five, but uh, when I started a consulting company business where I was writing software for other people that I ran for a number of years. Early on in that, I basically, I had been uh, let go of a company along with pretty much everybody else. It was a dot-com, it was a startup, and we were all, you know, like the doors were locked one day kind of situation. <laughs> really? Yeah. And like your, car, your card doesn't work, and <laughs> there's a picture of a guy with his pockets turned out going, <laughs> Right, just sort of a sketch on a photocopy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, angels. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, there, was, there was no more company at that point. I think they did keep, like, a very small skeleton crew for a short period of time. But, uh, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was saying, okay, well, you know what? I'll start my own business. And I'll, I've done this before. I'll do it again now. And at the same time, I was going through looking at Monster.com every day to see if there were any cool jobs out there. Because I didn't realize that I wasn't really fully committed. But... I wasn't. And my wife said to me, she's like, you know, you're never really going to be able to get your business off the ground if you're still like looking at monster.com every day to see if you can find a job because you need to have that focus. You need to be able to focus oh, in on wow, exactly. That's an amazing uh, partner to have oh, to, yeah. to say something like that. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause she didn't want to be the only one earning the money. So, you know, she was like, Dan, oh, you it need wasn't to... just it wasn't just go like chase your unicorn. It was also like you're you're diluting your efforts yeah. towards something that we need you to be. Yeah, more it's like you you with. know you you need to get back if you're going to get a job. Like, great, find a job and go get one and fo- make that your your pure focus. Make that your hundred percent focus. But if if you're not, then don't like be trying to build a business and trying to get clients and trying to get customers. And also looking at monster.com and maybe setting up interviews with people, you know, and it was great advice and it did get me on track and I did start a business, et cetera. So, but I feel like that is the kind of thing that for me was a big challenge, especially when I was, well, mostly when I was younger, was not being able to, in my mind, realize that I wasn't making the commitment that I needed to make to whatever that thing was. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, well, I'll do this here. I'll try this there. I'll do it because one of these things or several of them will fail, but one won't. And I'll just stick to whatever the one is that, that doesn't, whichever of these 10 things doesn't fail. That's what I'm doing then. And I'll try some other things and whichever of those doesn't fail. I'll try that. And what you wind up is, uh, you know, going in too many directions at one time. Have you ever had that? Yeah. Isn't this where you were going or did I, think I take, no, did I derail? It, it is. It is. I have like five things to ask you and I won't remember any of them because I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, I think, I think you're, I think, I think you're, you've just summarized a whole bunch of things really neatly. Um, including the, well, I don't want to say just the whole blah, blah, what, what, you know, what do you really care about thing? But what you're describing becomes almost like an existential lottery. Or, or like a, you know, a, a, uh, a, like a roulette table for your career where you're trying out all these different little like nickel bets and hoping one of them pays off big. Um, whereas nickel to, bets, to, nickel. Exactly. Bets. It's like, it's like That's Canadian exactly band. what I'm talking about. Canadian band where all the songs sound the same, but, but in this instance, uh, you know, and I look to take it to an extreme then to the kind of thing you talk about is going like all in 
right? Where you're saying, I mean, here's one thing to think about. When you're in like an exploratory stage or you're just like checking things out and you really are like gathering and thinking is what I would call this process. You do a lot of, one, one does a lot of what you're describing, which is to say, for example, on the one hand, if I were to go out and create a business, what what I need to know about that rat hole, rat hole, rat hole, good rat hole. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, wow, I really need to get a job, rat hole, rat hole, rat hole, you know, you know, uh, or, or maybe I should go become a ceramicist, rat hole, rat hole, rat hole, which is all great as long as you're, you're in a stage of, you're okay for yourself, you're okay with the fact that you're in that stage, but also that it has an end to it, at least for now. That at some point, like with all of this stuff, at some point you have to get out of that, you know, ruminative, ruminative. <laughs> Scott said that on you look nice a couple of weeks ago, and now I keep using that word. But you, um, but but if you don't ever get into something where you're doing some action, even a very small action, you know, and and stop thinking and start doing, and because thinking and doing can be really contradictory in a lot of ways. This is a big thing in getting things done, which is copyright uh, David Co. two thousand one. <laughs> but if you if you spend all of your time like planning your work and thinking about your work, it's difficult to actually do your work. You have to kind of iterate between those. And and I think what you may be saying here, and I think what your wife was smart and wonderful enough to say is, hey, you know, jump in with something and commit to that. If you really want to get a job, spend your time trying to get a job and then focus on that. But trying to keep all those different plates spinning is not getting you. Uh, moving forward with any velocity on any one of those mm. things. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one thing. But the other part, I think, is that um, that roulette approach or whatever you want to call it, it goes back to what I was saying about like caring about everything. You know, it's it gives you a certain amount of focus um, to, first of all, work on one thing at a time or try to be focused on one thing at a time. Right. I made a crack yesterday or the day before about multitasking because I was making notes about this song while I was cooking dinner. But I, I mean, it's multitasking in the true sense of the word in that I was doing that while the water was boiling for pasta. Hmm. It wasn't like I was trying to brown meat while I was writing on an index card. <laughs> you, you're going to do two things poorly if you do that. Right. And in, in that case, if, if you know, I've said before that multitasking is a terrific way to telegraph, you know, how many things you can do poorly at once. And to show everybody how little you care about any of the things that you're doing. Yeah. So, I, hmm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but I, I like, I like what you said because it's. I don't even think this. I don't know if this is a growing up thing because I'm hardly even just the littlest bit grown up. I don't even know if it's a kid thing because I'm far from, you know, stellar about all of that. But I, I think that lack of energy or that lack of the feeling of boundless energy and uh, maybe the sense of impending death, like who knows. But there's something about that that gives you a little bit of focus. And you have to say, well, you know, I'm going to have to pick, I don't know anything about roulette, but, uh, you know, or, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have to commit to something and stick with that um, in order to make any progress. Because I can't, you can't do 100% of three things at once unless that was a Euclid thing. But but in your case, you can't really do all of that well, and and you are a man who does go all in on things. Fair to say? Uh, definitely. Now, can I risk? You can cut this out if you want, but yeah, um, I will. Let me let me okay. Let me let me risk uh, going too deep here. But you said something to me the other day um, that I thought was so interesting and helped me understand. Oh yeah, the selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want me to mm-hmm. talk about that? Well, the like, like yeah, I guess that's what it is. Remember you said the thing about. 
how you'll commit completely and then maybe change your mind? Yeah, it's not so much about committing completely as it is for me about... Selling yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's say that you, you want to try something or you want to do something. What I do is all... I don't know the right way to describe what it's like in my mind, but I will put it into my mind and start thinking about it as if it's something that I have decided to do. Now, I will not take any action on this to act, as you would say, to actualize mm-hmm. whatever it is that I'm thinking about. But in my mind, I sort of put that hat on as if this is, this is something I'm going to try or do. So let, let, let me make this a little more tangible for somebody. Let's say you, you decide that you want to switch jobs, since we talk about that a lot on this show. In your mind, you start saying, I've, I, I'm not in this company, now I'm in this new company. You start thinking about that. You start saying, what, what would it be like? What would the commute be like? You know, what, what, what is the dress code there? Where will I eat lunch if I worked out on that side of town? Would I bring a lunch? Would I go out? But you start going through it in your mind and, and by really, I don't want to say visualizing because that sounds a little bit like, you know, amethyst crystal I, so. I don't think so at all i mean i, I but you no, visualize, I you visualize totally it you put yourself yeah. you put yourself as much as possible you make that feel like it's your reality and then you're, you're remember we called it walking the coastline you're, you're actually yeah. you're actually going to take those steps either in your mind or ideally like literally you're going to drive that commute and see how it went right and and does does this new frame that uh i've put around myself does this new hat that i'm wearing or in marco's case crown Mm-hmm. Does this, you know, does this fit? Does this feel right? And if uh, so, I have talked to you about these different things. And I'm, I'm thinking about doing this, and I would, I would talk to you. And when I, when you talk about it, it very much for me, it's I'm, I'm almost selling the idea, not just to you, but uh, to myself as well. To see how does, do I want to buy this thing? Do I want to, do I want to buy this experiment that I'm trying on right now? And I might, I might decide. You know what? I've lived with this now for a week or two. And you know, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. But if you don't try it on as best that you really can, of course, there's always variables that you'll never consider. There you may try something and say, Wow, I tried this thing on for a week and it sounded great. And then when I did it, it turned out it really sucked. Wow, what a moron I am. But at least it it feels a little bit better than going completely unprepared into something, at least trying to plan as much as you can in your head of like, what would this be like? Can I make peace with it? Can I feel good about it before I commit to it, before I make any changes, before I do anything that's, that's real. And is that something like, let's say it was something like, for example, what's a good example? Let's say you decide like you're thinking about these new shows. So let's make up a show. Let's say you're going to do a show about tetherball. Yeah. And you think about it for a while, setting aside that that's probably not a super idea, but whatever. You, you pick a topic and you maybe pick a host or whatever. And so how would you describe that? You, you think about it and you, now at first, how, how much are you walking the coastline before you go, yep, I'm in? Oh man, it could. It depends on on where could take the years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it really could take a long time because I guess it depends on where the pressure to make the decision is coming from. If it's something completely internal, like I think I want to do this, then it could take a lot longer. If it's something that like somebody is putting pressure on you or saying you need to make a decision or you know that there's a deadline looming, well, then you got to be fast. Or you need money. Or you need money. You need cash. Right, you money. need to like fill a hole or something. Right. Isn't that funny though? Think about like if you were in one of those total karma suck jobs, think about how the question that you ask yourself in that instance, that might be your first podcast or whatever, but think of the kind of thing 
you know, let's say being a ceramicist or making a podcast or whatever, think about how your environment affects how you even think about that. Like right now, it, there you have the wonderful, awesome, lucky, harrowing thing where you get to decide what you're going to do next. Right. And, you know, I, I, I have that, you know, to some extent too. And it's really, really fun and really, really scary. But I can, I can go on a hunch and try something out and see how it goes and hopefully get enough feedback to know whether it's something that I should keep doing or change. But think about if you're in some like really karma suck job where, you're, you know what I mean? Like all the jobs we always talk about, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, the way that you think about that and the decision that you make would be, could be so different based on the environment you're thinking about it in. On the one hand, it could be something where you go, oh, God, I suck. Like, uh, I hate the world. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or on the other end of the spectrum, you could be going, I've got to get away from these people. And you jump straight into a job with a four-hour commute where right. you didn't really find out who you're working with. You never went in and met your colleagues. You know, <laughs> I have this thing I, I, I do. This is, you know, as you know, I don't get rehired for things, but we know. <laughs> Did I, do I know that? Yeah, the you know, I mentioned in the first episode. The um, but, but the the question I like to ask managers is uh, like, why is your best person going to quit this year? Well, one question I like to ask, you know, staff and employee people is like, what's the second worst thing about working here? And if the manager's around, they'll say, uh, the pos- too much po- positivity and then the quality. I don't know, right? But if they're not around, they'll, they'll go. That gets them thinking, right? That's a little bit of a curveball, right? Because if you say, what's the worst thing? Nobody would ever say what the worst thing is. But if you ask people what the second or third best or worst thing is, they'll think about it a lot harder. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I, I, it's, it's interesting because how much your environment can, can affect what's, what's going on around you and, and, and the people around you. Uh, eh, 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 I don't know. Um, but the other thing is, there's, there's one, well, I want to tell you about something I like, but I want to come back to this. Uh, the, I wrote down on a card here the downside of the adult commitment. Because it sounds to me like you're, you're not, on the one hand, you are completing, you're committing yourself 100% mentally to right, something. Right, right, right. And then you start executing on that. It's not like you're being Ill, ill-advised, but you've talked about how you started 5 by 5 after something like six months of thinking about it a lot yeah. and doing the research, yeah. right? Driving, walking the coastline and driving the commute. And but, I, also, I, I also think... The job that you're considering, how big of a change it is, well, if it's not a job, but how big of a change it is that you're considering. Mm -hmm. Well, and whether you realize, whether whether you even realize how much of a change it'll be, because I think a lot of people don't really think about how different it'll be. All they may notice are certain little deltas that stick out, but you know, they may notice things that are going to be way worse and way better. Yeah. But the, the fat part of the curve is stuff that's just super different. I think that's where I might have been going with the, with the employee thing, oh, for okay. example. Is if you go in and meet the people you're going to work with, you know, <laughs> I've asked this at a couple of places. This is such a thing to say. But there's a couple of times, Marker, there's a couple of times when, when I've said, like, to se- separately trying to, like, tease this out of people, like, who's the biggest problem on your team? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is there one person here who's making it hard on everybody? And and of course, these are people with jobs and lives, and they don't they'll never admit that. But uh, you know, if, if you go in there and you met all the nice people, but then find out about you know the, you know, the mad woman in the attic—not woman, but you know what I mean—like the crazy troll under the bridge that nobody told you about. You know, there may be there's always some pretty loopy people that they don't really trot out for those kinds of meetings. So, I mean. I, I totally agree with you. And so I don't, I don't know what the practical component of that is, but you know, 
committing to one path and then walking down it to the extent you can is not a bad idea. I've mentioned this before, but you ever, you know, I moved a lot in college. I moved after, but you know, I, I remember my friend Gwen, uh, she lives in Atlanta. She lived under these people. They were hardwood floors. And seriously, I admit, we've talked about this before, but like they listen to really, really loud, like techno, like European techno, and they literally wore combat boots. So <laughs> it was, it was deafening. Right. So, so on the one hand, it was really frustrating because it's hard to have any peace of mind when there's pounding going on all the time. Yeah. But, but you say, oh my gosh, I'll do anything to get rid of that. And you move. And then you move in next to somebody who like urinates in your mailbox. <sighs> Whereas your son told me like uh, the grackles pee on your door. Is that correct? We, He's told me, he told me it frustrates you when the grackles pee on your door. He, it frustrates him. I don't even care about it. Yeah. Those grackles are, are a mess. There but are a lot of them here. You don't realize you move away from the techno people and you realize you're right under the wire where the grackles live. All of a sudden, you're going to be wishing the techno was back. That's true. Boom. Right? Yes. And uh, I'll tell you about something I like, but when I come back, I, I want to talk about the other side of that full commitment, though. And what I like about what you're saying, and I'll let you talk more in a second, is um, that you're willing to change your mind. I don't know if you're so you know, publicly willing to go like, hey, I was wrong. Uh, nobody loves doing that as an adult, but a lot of people who do commit fully and go, oh, I, oh I'm a grown up and I'm throwing myself completely into this thing. Like, when do you cut bait, right? Because you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to have, you know, nobody likes change. Changing jobs is very stressful. Right. But like, what if you have gone down the wrong path? Is there room for you to change your mind and to change, you know, what you're doing? Because I think for a lot of people, they, they don't think there's any room for that. They're fully committed. You know, like your resume, are you, I, I said this a long time ago. I don't think this is probably as true, but I remember when I was putting together a resume in the early 90s, they would always say, try, you know, you never want to be at a job for like less than a year. Mm -hmm. Like the higher up you go, the weirder it looks. Like Scott Thompson, was that his name? Is that the guy from Kids in the Hall? Uh, the guy from Kids in the Hall has been the CEO of Yahoo for like uh, 72 hours. And now that's going to look weird on his fake resume that he got fired for, right? <laughs> that's, you know, if, as an executive, it looks very strange if you've been somewhere for three months. That's going to be a really big question people ask. And so I think it's not unusual for people to throw themselves in completely and just suck it up, right? And just convince themselves now, instead of talking themselves into the change, they talk themselves into the stasis. It's interesting. You ever seen that? No. Hmm. Can I tell you about something I like? I would love to hear about this. You ever heard of this uh, MailChimp? Yes, I know about MailChimp. Give me some F's and B's. What, is the, what does that actually stand for, Fs and Bs? Facts. They're better marketing people and they talk about features and benefits. Features and benefits. Yeah, I, I really, I don't like when people talk about that, but I like when you do. I like your voice. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, did yeah. you. By the way, did you hear Marco's wife's voice, Tiffany's voice today? No. You didn't hear her on? She came on the show later. I didn't, I, I had to, I had to go. I have, to, I have to talk to her about doing some, some work with us. She's, have, you met, have you met her? No. She's way too good for him. Oh, well, duh. She's really, really cool. Duh. And now she made a baby, so he's got a lot of catching up. There's no MI6 that you can get to catch up with a baby. Is that the one that's at the British Intelligence uh, Motor Works? Is that yeah, what it's called? that's what that is. Okay, it's Bavaria. You know, that used to be in Germany. Well, they bought, they bought Aston Martin. Okay. And mm -hmm. Audi owns Volkswagen, is that right? Any, I think you're thinking of. And we're not supposed to buy Bear. It's a Tylenol. This MailChimp's amazing. Do you know any S and Bs? Easy email newsletters. Okay, so this is at, uh, if you just looked at them as a company, you'd say, "Well, it looks like they're a newsletter company." But who cares about newsletters? A lot of people. Newsletters are bigger than they have ever been. People don't get how much you can do with a newsletter, well, unless they subscribe to 
something I'm sure you'll tell them about. But <laughs> this is now it lets you make the newsletters. It lets, but it does more than that. It lets you design them. You can use your own code. You can use a template that they came out with, or template, as Merlin says. You can mm-hmm. share them on social networks. You integrate with the services that you already like using. You can track the results. They've got an awesome iOS app. Merlin is always, every time we get an additional subscription, I get an email from Merlin with a screenshot of the iOS app showing that we have, you know, the third or a fourth person reading the, the newsletter. And I add an exclamation mark each time. Yeah. And there, it's very, very easy to use. Uh, they've got tons and tons of great features, features that geeks and nerds like, things like A-B split testing. They've got an amazing API. They've got autoresponders. They've got merge tags. Um, I really personally, one of my favorite things is this inbox expe- inspector that shows you more than 60 screenshots of what your email campaign, the template template that you mm-hmm. did, how that's going to look in all the major email clients. Anyway, really, really awesome service. It's, it's what we use for everything. And Merlin's been working on a little something. Yeah, I finally have had a chance to, to really explore it with this project that we're doing. And it, it is really amazing. And uh, I mean, there's an embarrassment of riches. There's so much stuff there. And, you know, actually one thing, I, I, this is pilot error on my part, but did you know there's a TextMate bundle for MailChimp? Oh, that's cool. I've got some weird. It's not they don't they don't make it. I think it's somebody else. But I'm getting some weird permissions problems with it. So if anybody knows why that might be, uh, you know, find me on the internet. But no, it's great. I mean, I got the API working, but now there's something. That anyway, you put in your API key and you can pull down your templates. You can pull down your campaigns. You can make a new template or campaign from that item. And this is huge because I would way rather live in HTML. Uh, in my text editor than inside of, uh, you know, even their very, very fine uh, text areas. And it really is pretty amazing when you can go to the source code and just do your own HTML. Anyway, it's a fantastic service. If anybody knows about the TextMate bundle, um, you know, give me a toot. But because um, it, it is really, it is really great. But what we're doing right now with MailChimp is we have a, uh, a weekly uh, newsletter called Buckbag. <laughs> Buckbag. We're now up to, given that today is Tuesday, May 15th of 2012. 2012. Uh, we're going to be having on, uh, what's that mean? That means on Wednesday, uh, uh, May 5th, 6th, 16th, mm, Florida schools. I, uh, we're going to be putting out the uh, third edition of the Bulk Bag newsletter. And this is something you can sign up for for free. You can unsign up. You can resubscribe. You can unsubscribe. You can do it all day long and drive me crazy with, uh, with, you know, with your, uh, you know, perfidy. Is that a word? Perfidy? Perfidy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Should gone to school, but uh, it, it is really great. So you can sign up for that in show notes. There'll be a link for this. And what do you get in this, Dan? You get uh, you get the show notes. Uh, you get a lot of the stuff you would expect. You get a, a picture of uh, of Lonely Sandwich every uh, every week. Yes, that's and my favorite part. Of the, I, I thought last thing. week's. I liked last week's a lot. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet. For those of you who have not signed up and you're wondering what the heck Dan and I were laughing about last last week, yeah, uh, that would be a special uh, photo feature <laughs> on all the emails that Dan has sent me with the subject line "Me and You," mm-hmm. and it's a gallery of the pictures that he sent me, and they're extremely disturbing. So that that's worth it for the for the price of admission alone. Uh, and then, of course, the anchor piece was a uh, Axe uh, Axe Bluetooth we did last week. Right. So uh, you get special features in this. It's a lot of fun. Um, and and uh, so what are we working on for this week? We're gonna have some more photos this week. Okay. Did, did I tell you what you're writing for for the newsletter? Ah, uh, no, you did not tell me. Okay. You don't have to worry about because you don't. You're not gonna write, but you, you have a piece in the next one. You know what it's called? Ah, uh, no. What is it called? Look at me. I'm Merlin Man. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Look so, at me. It's gonna. So, you know, you gotta be a little more throaty. <laughs> I can dance and sing. I can sing. I can dance. I live I in San Francisco. Car from a rocket car. My yep. shoulder hurts. <laughs> I wish I had a bell. 
Um, but 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 you can sign up for that. I don't know if I mentioned, but I haven't slept a lot, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, so you can go to uh, Dan, Dan, Dan. This is uh, wow. I made an error. It's uh, episode sixty-seven. So what did you call uh, it? Hmm? You said sixty-six. Is that is that racist? No, I wrote in here in my in my NV alt in my NV alt. I wrote the oh. wrong thing. Okay. Uh, it's actually episode. So uh, get, tell people where they can go to see the show notes uh, for this episode. Uh, five by five TV slash B for boy two for the second thing W for work <laughs> slash sixty seven. Back to work <laughs> slash yahoo.com dot yahoo. com. No, <laughs> right. no underscore. All right. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy that. And you know what you can do is you can go and you can sign up for uh, for a free uh, free account at Mailchimp, and you get uh, twelve thousand emails per month to up to two thousand subscribers per month. Crazy! I don't no know why. Why would, why would they do that, Dan? Do they know they're doing that? Is that is that official? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they know they're doing that. I think they may not know because that's that's monkey balls. I don't I'm know why you do sure. something like that. That make a lick of sense. Anyway, uh, so Mailchimp, I, I am really enjoying this, and uh, I. I can tell by the you know the the number of people who haven't unsubscribed that people seem to like it. Uh, oh, you know what? I want to be sure to mention. We'll put this in show notes for sure. I I'm brand new to this, so I'm still figuring lots of this out myself. But um, if you if you're looking for previous issues, uh, I'll put a link in show notes for where you can get previous issues. And I think can't you put a, put a little archives link in the uh, HTML and it'll take you to previous editions? Sure. How's that Dave Pell do it? Does Dave Dave Pell uh-huh. does he have people to do that for him? I don't know, Paul. Pell is a bit of a mystery. Did he make feed burner? Is that is that that Dave Pell? Yes, he so, made feed burner. Sure, feed burner is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Mailchimp.com, and uh, we're very grateful uh, to Mark and to Mailchimp for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. The text bank bundle is pretty cool. I wonder what I'm doing wrong. I went in and I even seven 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 everything. Yeah, that's my solution. You know what I mean? It's like if you seven 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 something and it doesn't work, just remember to change it back. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If you, don't, if you got a 755, would that be okay with John Syracuse? Did I say that right? <laughs> I mean. I yeah. He doesn't want yeah. you talking about null. Don't <laughs> talk about null. Dan, be honest. Am I that wrong? No, of course not. You're never wrong. I mean, isn't... <sighs> You're perfect. Larry Wall. Where's the Larry Wall quote? And what did I say with you? I don't know if I mentioned this, but I have a pinched nerve. Larry Wall quote. Uh, it's a great quote. We've used it before. I'm going to mention that again. Uh, boy, God, he's just even more smiley faces than me. Dan, I've got to stop with the smiley faces. I'm 45 years old. Do you do that a lot? The smiley? Oh, it's old. I do. And I don't like, I don't, I, I should stop. What, in what an email, I use you mean? In everywhere. and everywhere. It's so stupid. I mean, what should I do? I mean, like all the kids use emoji now, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I send you the Is little that- poop emoji a lot when i text you i love the poop emoji is that official does apple know that's in there that's monkey balls yeah they put that in there is that right mm-hmm. and it's actually say pile of poo i think it does yes it, did. it, it definitely it, it does cut that. all this out mm-hmm. but the larry wall quote we gotta do the archives link so um so uh, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot that there's one episode of you i think it's the shot and funny episode where at the very very beginning of the episode there's a lesson in how to talk like carl van hoot do you want to know how yeah Okay, first of all, you, you uh, it helps if you put your chin down towards your chest. Okay. And then you just got to practice. You say, sir. You kind of make your mouth real runny. Okay. Sir. It helps if you get real close. I'm like, sir. You're not going to do it, are you? No, not on the air. That's good. That's good. Save it for the Wolverine Dark. Uh-huh. I think there's one downside of this, maybe. Um, and, you know, I can't decide if we're all about false dichotomies or or false dichotomies. But, you know... I think the problem is if you throw yourself in a hundred percent on something and don't, I don't even want to say, I remember Jesse Thorne said this one time. Um, 
Uh, it's son of, uh, sorry, what is he now? What's the name of the show? Uh, Stinky Pete Bullseye. 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 He changed, he crowdsourced uh, the, the naming of that show, didn't he? I, I don't know why you wouldn't keep Sonny in America. That's such a great name. I think because it it was conveying... Because he's, he's old now. I think it was conveying the wrong thing. I think it was, you know, it, 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 this to me, the sound of young America, which I did like, by the way, I think it as makes a name. as yeah. a name. I like the show too, but I'm saying as a name, mm-hmm. I feel like he it it made it think like it's a a music show for kids. Is what I had heard him. Let me give you, let me give you four words. Go ahead. Brand equity. He didn't care. He didn't need it. And has it hurt the show? No. Did I do that right? Four. It has not hurt the show. No. Um. So he said he told me one time that well, you know we we're talking one time they we were driving somewhere and he's he's telling me something he does that he, he does very differently than me yeah. which is he's very into completely committing to some kind of a deadline uh-huh. because like a lot of people that really st- stimulates him to get it done or get er done as Mater says right yep and in my case that just makes me apoplectic I get really weird and shut down and then just excuse me blow the deadline I had two eggs and uh, and, and, and but for him that works. Now, the downside of this, uh, so what, what we're talking about, just to go back in the stack, is that okay, John? Uh, I'm going to give him a new nickname just to make him mad. I, I'm going to think about that. I don't know. It's going to have something to do with fantasy. I'm just going to call him, can I just call John fantasy from now on? <laughs> I say yes. What if I just call him the magic user? Oh, that's perfect. Wait, I'm going to call him the cleric. <laughs> oh, my God. Druid. <laughs> The, the druid. He's, so he's no ranger. I, no. Like being a, I love being a ranger. Came later. Got it good. Um, is that if you do throw yourself completely into something, and, and I'm not even saying like give yourself a way out, but you know, there's got to be a certain, this is really boring. This has gotten boring, but I, I think you should, I think you should know when it's time to stop being that committed. And this does go back to the care and sacrifice thing. Cause again, you know, uh, if you're sacrificing for something you don't care about, boy, what a drag that gets to be. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's hard to blame other people for that if you do it for a real, real long time. I mean, like if you're in a Turkish prison or have a sick family member, you don't have a lot of options, but you know, it, you know, you have what you have and, and, uh, something I admire about you, despite all your inscrutability and you seem like you've become slightly less inscrutable. I don't, I don't know where that comes from, but exactly, exactly. See, now you blew it. You blew it. You don't watch Tim and Eric, do you? No. Okay. And, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, like you, like I said, when we were talking and having one of our daily man calls and you said that, that really resonated with me because, um, it, we're more alike in some ways than I think in that sense. I, I really like throwing myself into something. Just sometimes I will like abandon things if it stops being fun and I don't like sunset things very well. And so people go like, oh, where's the Merlin show? Or people go like, what happened to fives or whatever? And I'm like, well, you know, shiny bobble over here, let's ride bikes. You know what I mean? But, you know, one thing that's hard, like in your case, let's be honest, I, I, this is hard for me when I abandon things. It's hard for you is like sometimes you will get really enthused about something mm-hmm. and then you may not always sunset it in the way that given how enthused you were. But I wonder. Or, or talk- no, this is this is absolutely true. But it, it, I think the perception of enthusiasm comes from what we were talking about before where you're you're putting yourself in that in that situation mentally you're there and you realize man i've i gotta get i gotta get pumped about this i gotta get excited you're about saying this. you're a hundred like 100 committed in your head even though you haven't even done yes it yet, no exactly okay. Okay. exactly and then 
when you say to yourself, well, you know what? I've now I've lived this completely. I mean, I've sold this to myself. And then how does it feel? How, can you live with yourself anymore? Oh, no, I can't live with I can't live with myself, Mr. Potter. No, thanks. Don't want your cigar. Then you take a step back and you say, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe that wasn't the right thing. What kind of cigar? I don't know. Whatever he handed him back then, it probably didn't matter. Honduran. Well, back then it was probably Cuban. You think so? Of course. Mr. But they, Cubans smoke? weren't weren't considered the best back then. I think that's I think that's racist. They were just one of <laughs> they were just one of many cigars. You know, you can't get a Nicaraguan hardly anywhere outside the U.S. Even Nicaragua, I don't smoke. I I I, I that that helped me so much in understanding because. Now I really, really get it. When when probably I probably a Candela I, cigar if you want to get technical, that was very popular. Candela is that a, is that a Vitola, whatever that is? That's a green one. Oh 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 Now back then they were quite popular. Popular, I know. You say. Well, also there's you know we're popular those ones that are tapered on both ends like in a cartoon. Oh yeah, torpedo. Yeah. Not a torpedo. Uh, what do they call? There's a they name call that a. Uh, there's a name for that. I don't know what it is. I don't smoke. But the um, also you know it's very popular is uh, keeping on a small toothpick, a very tiny one. If you're a bum. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say bum. I think that's called a joint. Yeah, bum. Figurado is the name of the painter. Yeah, Yancey Street Gem. Figurado cigar. Pointed. Ah. A perfecto, maybe. And Grim, punching a bag. It's a perfecto. See? I'm going to go with that. Perfecto. A perfecto is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, is that Mr. Potter? Are you talking about the It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. That's a good movie. That's a good I, movie. I, can't, I, I am so into that movie every time it's on TV because, you know, you look at this scene... You look at this scene. The in, one at the end? Are you talking about the scene? I'm sorry. Is that the scene in Mr. Potter's office? Yeah, it's the scene okay. in, in the office. Okay. And it's, you've got George Bailey and Mr. Potter. And Mr. Potter's basically given him this job offer. And the job, it has more money. It's going to be an end to this sort of scraping by lifestyle that he had. And he's going to be able to, you know, Make big finally, changes. Finally take, his, finally take care of everything and take that trip you want. Yeah, take the trip. He no longer has to, you know, be this guy who's beholden, as he sees it at this time in the movie, beholden to the whole town, basically. Beholden to the whole world. And he can finally just, like, be the guy. Because if you remember, he just wanted to go to college at one point and do a little traveling. He had his little suitcase. There's always another thing that keeps him there, taking care of somebody. Right. Somebody else. Some other responsibility. Somebody else who needs him. And... This was going to be a potential way to get away from that. And, of course, you know, the, the story is he didn't know what he actually had and that as much as he was or felt beholden to all of these other people, the reality was that's, that's what life is all about. And he, may, he was helping these people make, you know, make their own lives better and he didn't realize how good his life actually was, hence the story. But the point is this is this great scene where he goes in with Mr. Potter. And Mr. Potter, you know, you know, making him the deal. And, and he, he's about to, like, shake his hand. And then he realizes that essentially he's like he's selling his soul to the devil. He realizes this before it's too late because he tries it on, sort of. He's in there and he tries it on and he starts to realize what he's done. And he, like, he, he wants to wipe Mr. Potter off of his hand. It's, it's just, you know, it's bugging him so much. He doesn't want it anymore. It's, he's outraged, you know, at that point. And he did the right thing. But how many times have we been in that situation in our own lives and, and not exactly that situation, but in a situation where you, you, you start to feel that something is wrong and you want to, hopefully you can say no to it before you've you walked out the door, before you sign on the line that is dotted, as you're so <laughs> fond of saying. Right. 
But you know what? I wonder, I wonder if he would have made that same decision when, um, so what was it? He, they were about to go on their honeymoon when the stock market crashed and the bank closed and yep. he had to stay and yeah. all that and yeah. they missed their plane. There was a run on the bank, which right. meant literally people were running toward the bank. I would have done something. <laughs> I would have had some kind of shell corporation just to get Uncle Billy out of the way. Uncle Billy, oh my gosh, he's the Uncle worst. Billy caused a lot of problems. That's a uh, lot of, Uncle Billy, that's a lot of string. Uh, that's a lot of string. But think about this. Now, if, if, if right around that time, I mean, it was, wasn't it, it was later on when he offered him the job or was it right after that? Uh, I think it was, I th- you know, this is the part where I, I, I knew you were going to ask that and I feel no, like I no. should know it. It's, it's okay. That's not, it's not critical to the point. But I mean, you know, there's a, he might have smelled that brimstone in the office and gone like, like shaking himself out of it. Think about it. He's in Mr. Potter's office, right? He can see, you know, the fine Corinthian leather and the Phytolas. And now, no, you know, it's well, before it's before that because after, after, yeah, okay, so it's after that. I know this is really important. No, uh, it's okay. It, it's, it's on Christmas Eve morning I need when they lose it. For my, uh, when they lose eight fanfic. grand. I need my fanfic. And then he, that's when uh, the job happens before that. And some interesting things that I always remember, it's 8,000 bucks that could potentially shut their business down. <laughs> right. 8,000 bucks. missing? Is that what the missing amount? Yeah, that's how much was missing. And that's how much was like, you know, that's going to, you know, be the big deal that's a bank fraud and everything else. And the, uh, the offer that Potter, uh, that Potter offers George is 20 grand. A year. And this that is like, so this is money. like, that was so much money. Back oh then. man, forget about so, it. It's like, you don't need, I don't even, I would like to see, I need to do a thing. I'll do a thing while, while no, you I'm doing it right now. You, it was, how much was it? 20,000? 20, $20,000. Now, but remember, it's 1929. The, well, yeah, I think the movie was supposed to take place in, because uh, it came out in 45 yeah. or 46 or something. 46. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. And it was, but it was not supposed to take place at that time, of course. Well, no, it takes place all over kinds of times. Remember, he's a little kid, and he gets hit in the ear by the, uh, you know, that's during World War One, right? Yeah. Let's see. It is $20,000 in 1929 is, oh, wait, I got that backwards. So, so no, I think 1,479, 3.1%, Wolfram Alpha. Anyway, it's a lot. That's for sure. That's for sure. That Uncle <laughs> Billy, you know, that's a lot of bad decision making. But here's the other one. Think about this. Think about, think about Sheriff Woody. He shows up in uh, the, the you know um, Newman's place, right? Uh-huh. And he meets he meets Jesse and Bullseye and Stinky Pete. And of course, his immediate reaction because he doesn't know these people, he doesn't know this horse, right? His immediate reaction is, I got to get, get out of here and get back to Andy because that's my deal. He's around them long enough. He learns Jesse's backstory, right? He, he knows about uh, you know how the Bullseye misses him and that Stinky Pete has really really unpleasant flatulence. And eventually, you know, remember what he does? He cha- he goes, well, you know, who am I to break up the Roundup Gang? And he decides to go with him. But then, so again, he's in that environment for a while, but then his buddies are there, right? And he realizes that he really does have this other life. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he was fully committed to Andy. And then for a while, he was fully committed to being all shiny looking and going to the toy museum, right? <laughs> that's right. But anyway, I, I don't think that's so different. I don't think we're so different from Sheriff Woody. I think our environment, what I'm trying to get at with this is that I think our environment can have a huge effect on that. You know, I, I, sometimes, I sometimes think, you know, I, I, I really... I do things I do things like schedule phone calls with people because it really helps me to talk to other people. Just to talk to other people. Right. Not even to like go, do you like this thing? But like I feel so much more grounded in the universe when I have, you know, contact with other people, which I don't get 
in this, like in a day to day thing, if I just sit in this room, you know what I mean? But I also do try to surround myself when I do that. I try to surround myself with people who are, I'm not always great at this. Sometimes I just talk to people who <laughs> want to talk to me because, you know, they like something I do, but it also helps to talk to people who can give you an honest opinion about something or can give you some context, right? Because think about, again, think about Woody, think about you, think about uh, George Bailey. You know, it depends a lot on, on the environment around you. George could have just thrown in the towel and just flown to Europe, left everybody behind. Donna Reed might never have had that TV show. That's, that's right. what Clarence said. You so so $20,000 in 1929 in our money would be 200 and just shy of $270,000. That's a chunk of change. Not a bad, not a bad salary. The eight grand, the $8,000 uh, mm-hmm. that they that they lost, which again, I'm not totally sure that this is that 1929 is the right year, but it's the right, you know, it's close. It's close enough. So would be about a hundred grand. Yeah. Well, you could buy a really nice moon lasso with that. But yeah, if you're, if you're, if your uncle dropped a mm-hmm. hundred grand somewhere and <laughs> that, that could cause some problems for your business. People used to care more about money. That would be a really big deal. Those are simple, simple people. Those are all character actors. You know, character actors love their money. I don't know if you know that. I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. It's complicated stuff. I think it's uh, what's that? Uh, Barrymore plays uh, plays Mr. Potter. That guy's that's uh, that's a terrific movie. That guy that guy was like the four, 30s and forties version of Steven Spielberg. He he really knew how to work your emotions. <laughs> what are you talking about? Also, he made that movie Duel. Did you know that Frank Capra made the original version of Duel? It was two. It was, it was a wagon chased Dennis, a very very young Dennis Weaver around <laughs> instead of the the hmm? instead was of the, the truck. Semi? <laughs> Is that dirty? I should take that out. Yeah, semi? we'll edit that out. Can I tell you about something I like? Go ahead, caller. Have you? Okay, thank you. First time, uh, actually, no, this is like long time spacer. Say I took it and I turned it. Do you know about this thing called Squarespace? Have you heard of this? I have heard of Squarespace. I am using Squarespace. Yeah, we'll keep this short. We have. Well, I would like to make an announcement regarding yes. that. Are, are you even kidding me? No. Bigweek.co, my the site where I do all of this. <gasps> that is Did on you Squarespace. Mi- you migrated? Did you it's migrate? There. It's there. And the 5x5 blog is now also on Squarespace. So two new sites on Squarespace. How are you liking it? Loving it. Oh, I love it. I just, I I turned on comments for the second time ever on something. And it's, you know, not a giant volume site, but it's pretty neat. You get a little, I have it set to approve. You get the little pop-up on your iOS device. You can do, I'm using Mars Edit um, by uh, Daniel Browcutt. Browcutt. Okay. I live in New York now. I used to be in Boston until I I got robbed. I have a red sweater. I don't know why. <laughs> I love that guy. He's great. He was funny as heck. On Smart young man. Smart young yeah. But anyway, um, the, the Squarespace, you can have a blog, you can have a journal, you can have a portfolio, you can have uh, anything. You got dinguses you can put in the side rail, the whole nine. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're doing a, uh, a special project right now with uh, Squarespace. We're very excited about, um, in part because this is the month of five, and they have a new feature that is super cool, a new feature. a new. I'd call it a present. I don't think that's the... What, what would Ryan call it? What would Ryan call it when you get a new F&B? It's a, a gift, a tithe? What do you call that? <laughs> I, prom- I don't know what. Offer code. Mm, <laughs> here's the thing. You go in and you sign up for this stellar service that you're, you're a complete jackal not to be using. They didn't tell me not to say that. I shouldn't say that. You know what? You're not a jackal. God love you. You got a mother. <laughs> tell her I said hi. But you go in here and you <laughs> sign up for one or two years. And you know what you get? Free domain. You go in. You sign up. The whole thing, my, it took me uh, uh, almost just under five minutes you did it in about four minutes yeah. from nothing to website up and running in just a few minutes. And so we're doing a project uh, because we, uh, we feel like we have found our place with, uh, with Squarespace. And so uh, we're doing something called Find My Place. You can go to findmyplace.net 
And I'm writing a new song each week for, uh, for Squarespace and telling them how I love them. So uh, do you think our, our, our listeners uh, might want to hear uh, the song for this week? I would like to hear it. What's it called? It's called, uh, I haven't slept much. It's called Just Fine. I love that ending. I don't know why uh, you're not going to. Why you're not going to keep that? It's so good. Cut it out. Cut out. You know my favorite part. You like that one line about uh, the box tied up with twine. You like that line? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I love From that. It. Fir- the first verse and that uh, little pre-chorus with all the lyrics. Wasn't that good? That was very good. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. thing is good. Solid gold. Yeah, sounds a little like Husker Do, huh? Well, I'm new to the. You knew that. You're new, new to doing the do. Yeah, like last week's was uh, sounded like New Order on purpose. And this one, I, I want to challenge myself with trying to make a, a Who's Could Do song. So apparently I'm, I'm, I'm going to do all my favorite bands from my second year of college. So I guess R.E.M.'s up next. <laughs> Actually, I was guess that was up next. What, what R.E.M. like time period are you going to do? <laughs> really? No, I'm really asking. Early, Chron- later. Chronic Town, Chronic Town through Fables. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't know. We should do more of these. Because, you know, I don't, I don't need to sleep. But here's the thing. So you can go to squarespace.com slash back to work and sign up for uh, one of these, these stellar new accounts. And uh, here's the neat part. When you sign up to, to get the free domain, which you should do. And again, you could, you could point your less technologically savvy friends at this. Or you could point your more technologically savvy friends. Because the problem with being technologically savvy is you may spend all of your savvy on technology and not make cool stuff. And that's why you need this place. Did you see how I took it and turned it? Mm-hmm. So you go to squarespace.com slash back to work. When you sign up for this service, it'll take you probably all of five minutes to have your uh, initial sign up. Your actual time may vary. It may take much longer than five minutes. But you, uh, <laughs> you get in there. When you sign up for a year, I'm reading this directly out of my NVLT. Uh, when you sign up for a year, you get 20% off. Uh, so for two years, you get 25% off. And as a beloved uh, a nerd and jackal on, uh, on Back to Work, you know what you get? With our offer code for the month of five, you will get 10% off of whatever it is that you decide to purchase from Squarespace. But you have to have the uh, uh, month of five offer code, Dan. The, do you know the, what that is? Well, I, no, I, they're always changing it. Call an offer code. That's uh, go ahead caller. When you when you go in and you and you, and you run the card, you're going to use the uh, the code uh, go ahead caller for an extra ten percent off whatever you buy. And that that's a lot of percent. You know, in the in the in the uh, accretion, <clears throat> it's pretty good. So uh, we love Squarespace, and we're very grateful to uh, little Ryan. He got he got a big boy bike this week. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, one of those balanced bikes. He didn't like it. I want to live again, Merlin. Is that right? I want to live again. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Every time you make a reference, uh, an angel gets its wings. Yeah. So, uh, so go to squarespace.com slash back to work and please sign up for this and uh, you're going to be a very happy person and you go to find my, found my place 
Net. I don't know if I mentioned I haven't slept much. And uh, you can get uh, this week's song uh, just fine. Uh, you can get uh, the first one, Obstacle Race, and the second one from last week, the the, the, the fake New Order song, which was called the, 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 the Staying Up. Uh, I put out the GarageBand file. So if you want to go to foundmyplace.com, you, you can remix grab. it. It's very, how very Trent Reznor of you. Mm, there's two up right now, and I, I got a comment in moderation I need to check, but I think a third one. So people are making like... Way- way better mixed and really fun versions of this. So anyway, if you want to play with that, go to foundmyplace.net. But in any case, uh, we're very grateful uh, to Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. I'd like to hear a techno version of it. Yeah, something with a cool cool beat. Well, I put it into the show notes, foundmyplace.net. It's hey. in there. Hey. Rob Bass. How low can you go? I need a nap. What a brother no. I gotta sleep today. I gotta sleep today because we gotta we gotta I gotta, Can you I gotta sleep during the day? Yeah, I got a sleeping bag and a pillow here at work. It's like camp, it's like camping, except <laughs> except the train wakes me up after a few minutes. You're like a uh, a walking pharmaceutical company. Yeah, thank God for speed and eggs. Whew, man. Um ask your doctor if eggs are right for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Dan. We didn't talk about... Uh, actually, I, I was hoping we could talk about sleep and food a little bit. Maybe we can diary that for a future one. Sure, but, let's uh, tangle it. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned this before in uh, one of my numerous discussions of ADD, and I, and I always frequently mention when I've mentioned things before, which I think I might have mentioned before. But uh, yeah, something my shrink told me that uh, has, had a, uh, has been very impactful <laughs> is, you know, when you take the ADD medicine, it helps a lot, but, you know, you can forget to eat and sleep as much as you should. It, it, it's it, it's a known thing, but in my case, I went in one time. We'd done like a slight change in the prescription I take, and I went in. I was like, I don't know, I'm not doing very well, and I, I, I could, blah, blah, blah. and I, you know, and he's going, really? Hmm, tell me more. And I go, yeah. Well, sometimes I forget to eat until four thirty in the afternoon, and sometimes I sleep like three hours a night. And he like he practically like jumped up out of his seat and, and he said something along the lines of, "You might as well just take that bottle of pills and throw it out the window because if you're not." You know, I think exercise is the other other component, some kind of exercise. But uh, I'm curious to know if if you think this is true. But for me, I getting a decent amount of sleep and and eating something. I you know what? This is the easiest softball I've ever thrown you because I know you don't get enough sleep and I know you care a lot about food. But my performance on everything goes completely through the floor. Oh man! If I'm doing one of those poorly and it's just it's all gone. If if I if I like if I if I forget to like you know like like I said I ate right before you know we did this which helps a lot you get the blood sugar thing right but you know that combination is terrible and you know uh, it turns out I read this great thing the other day about the way your sleep cycles work and I I, kn- I knew the thing about how light affects your sleep cycles and different people have slightly different cycles but food is the other thing like there's this new research turns out that you can like deal with jet lag by changing when you eat before you fly because right. food has a, a huge effect so if you get all that wrong i mean it, it's 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 like it's the i think it's kind of the equivalent of having jet lag to some extent all the time right and the example this guy used if you, if you get this stuff wrong is imagine you know what is jet lag well in this case as, as he says and i'll try and find this article Let's say you fly from the East Coast to, you know, the UK. Well, you know, like the problem is like your, your life and your, your not brain, but like you're kind of still back in New York, except now the light and the food and stuff is happening in London. But like your liver might still be over 
the Atlantic, especially like this, <laughs> you drank a lot. But right. it's apparently a very complicated process where, where our body adapts um, based on all these different factors. And then that's why, I mean, when I came back from New Zealand, I was wrecked. I mean, it was the equivalent. If, if you account for the international dateline, it was like t- in, in Toto, it was, you know, like an hour or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> my wife and I, we both got really nauseated. We had weird, um, like, vertigo but you know where you feel like you're off balance mm, almost like the world is uh, spinning like the world is spinning at literally a thousand miles an and hour that, and that you're dizzy that's right and i know but i I've, I've, i asked my shrink about this and I've, I've asked and he said there's actually been some research about doing this to hamsters they deliberately screw i'm my, i'm being totally serious and they've learned from hamsters and i guess they fly them on tiny planes i'm not sure you, <laughs> right. how, how badly you get screwed up by this so that's a long way to go to get you to talk but if I don't, and this is why I'm goofy today. Sometimes it makes me silly uh, if I don't if I don't sleep and eat, and you know, and I, I, my brain. I was telling you this morning, I felt pretty good considering had a little French roast, right? You know, play a little bit of Thor, but even then, like I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't know Mickey mouth words. Like it, it was, a, I was a mess. I couldn't, you know what I mean? I, it was like I had apraxia or something. So, 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 food and sleep. You don't, you, you, don't, you still don't sleep enough, do you? Oh no, I don't get to yet. But this morning you were full of beans on our pre-call. Hey, so look at me. Is that dirty? Um, on the pre-call earlier, Damn, you were man. full of beans. And I, I remarked. I said, Dan, you, I like new Dan, is what I said. Yeah. I got, and, mo- I got more than five and a half hours of sleep last night. I feel like, I feel like a million bucks. You know what? I want to talk more about this. I'm going to find that article. This is good enough for an episode. Because I think, we, you know what? I'm going to go full on Jonah Lair. I don't know if you know this. But uh, Joan Allaire has shown that you're, you're 20% more likely to misunderstand things creatively in the shower in the morning. What did you just say? Turns out. We should talk about this on a separate show. I'm going to find these articles. But I think this is huge. And I, I do know from, from, from reading you know, popular nonfiction that most people are pretty sleep deprived. And boy, ev- everything, everything gets so weird if, if you're not getting like, the right amount of sleep for your body. Don't you think? No, you're, you're absolutely one of the most important things for your overall health, regardless of your diet, uh, is sleep. Getting the right amount of sleep for you, which, you know, there are some people, oh, I only need four hours of sleep. That's all I need every day. I feel great. But the reality is most people <laughs> like need... people who think they're good at multitasking. <laughs> yeah. And I think people all need more sleep. It may be seven hours. It may be nine. It may be, it may be eight. But most people, especially in this country, but I think in many western style countries most people don't get enough sleep and and i i am certainly that is my biggest uh, problem if you want to say health problem uh for me is 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 not getting enough sleep chronically we we talked we're you know you've talked a lot about paleo but we talked uh last time about you know what, what how profound a change in diet can be yes yes it's, we did it can have a huge it can have a, a huge effect um i am so going to find this story because it was great it's in my insta paper one of the things that was in this article as well i'll probably get a little wrong is is that one of the reasons there's like we aren't outside much you know obviously light has a huge uh you know natural light has a huge effect on on how our body knows what time it is and i, I don't i don't know this example or this anecdote or I haven't slept much. I don't know if I mentioned that. It really resonated with me where the guy said, well, or the gal or whoever said, well, here's the thing. Like, we don't go outside like we used to. And, and what we do do is, is walk from one room with a very, with a very uh, bright monitor to another room with a very bright monitor. Yeah. 
in my case right now, it's mostly fairly dark in here, and I got this giant 30-inch monitor blaring at me in front of me. Right. It's strange. Human so beings, you, it's so like, it, it almost sounds like a torture chamber for somebody who would spend all day, you know, walking outdoors with nature. Well, I, I'm going to put you in this dark room during the day, right. and you're going to stare at this really intensely bright light while squinting. And holding your whole body and arms in essentially a frozen position over a little plastic and metal thing that makes noise when you press it. And this, this is what I command you to do most (laughs) of your conscious hours every single day. And it sounds a lot like Vegas or Gitmo. (laughs) Well, right. Think about it. You're sitting, you got a That's why I don't go to Vegas. Exactly. I won't go there. I will never go. You will not go. I won't do it. We should talk about this more on another show because I I think this might be huge. But, you know, one of the things in the paleo, uh, the two things I've kept from my little uh, uh, thing with paleo, which I now am again... As I, as I do every month or so, I'm thinking about going back to uh, those, oh boy, those tequila drinks. I really like those. But the other one is super, super dark room. It helps me so much. I didn't believe it at first when the dude, what Rob, Rob, Rob dude says you should have zero light in your room, not even LEDs. Like if you're in a hotel room, put black tape over the LEDs. Like you shouldn't see anything. I used to sleep in a room with like routers and computers and drobos and, you know, not drobos. And you didn't even have an internet connection. You just wanted all that going. No, I made them all out of cardboard like the kid with the arcade. <laughs> right. I had prizes. And then I want them. And I want them. I want them. But I this is something my, my wife has researched this a lot. And like we, I'll tell you what's really good for this kind of thing. Because every single thing has a little light on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and nowadays all of like the lights. TiVo. Look at look at uh, look at the look at uh, the cleric. He hates that little light on his TiVo. It drives him crazy. I know he does. And if you if you look at all these devices that you have, they all have the really super bright blue shining i don't know if it's an led light but you walk around with some gaffers tape and you can block out all of these things really really easily and we that's what we've done like our rooms at night where we sleep all of us as a family are as dark <laughs> as you could possibly make them and i re, I'm, i was like you before like you know oh yeah like no that's so silly my eyes are closed yeah There's who cares no way. yeah but it, it sounds so silly i the only my only thing is i've got the um I've got a little kind of crappy Sony alarm clock. Yeah. And it lets you dim it. And I've got it at the lowest setting, but kind of turned away. But apart from that, I mean, and you know what? I really notice it now when I go to a hotel room and, you know, you get the blackout curtains, which are great. A good hotel would be a little bit quiet. Definitely still disinfect everything. But there's so many LEDs. And, and like you said, there's a TV. There's always like the um, the smoke alarm, some of which blink a little bit. You know, but uh, you know what? This is worth saving. This is already our All right, best tungle episode. it down. This is already, what do you think this is probably our best episode we've ever done? <laughs> Duh. Okay. So here's the thing. I haven't slept much, but you should sleep more. Okay. Uh, I don't eat much, but you should definitely eat more. Uh, I pace myself very poorly uh, and you should really try to pace yourself. Uh, but, but you should definitely commit yourself 100% to everything you do and never change like Dan does. Don't you think? Is that good advice? Is that a practical component? Yes. Okay. You want to button this up? Yes. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.